Welcome to the Cooking for Chemo podcast. I'm Chef Ryan Callahan, your host. And I'm the producer, Jesse Callahan. And the purpose of this podcast is to tackle the eating-related side effects of chemotherapy and discuss the practical real-world solutions to make your food taste great again. I just realized how much of a mouthful that is to say. It's so mouthy, but it's accurate. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that you that's, are a professional. That's the best way to describe what you actually do on the podcast. There's a problem, and then you solve it. Here's a problem, here's a solution. That's what we do on the show, da da da. And then we use fancy words to describe it. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm not smart, I'm just big worded. Yes you are. <laughs> I try to bring it down a little bit. <laughs> so in this episode, speaking of bringing it down, I'm gonna put it in layman's terms. In this episode, we are going to help you figure out what you like and what you don't like when it comes to food and flavor. Yes, and specifically, we're going to help you learn how to learn and develop your own palate. See, I used the the smaller words and you used the bigger words. Gee, Jesse, we sure <laughs> is gonna make it taste good in this food in here. You better make it taste good, that's your job. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do here. So basically that's what we're gonna talk about today is uh, you know, in the last episode we talked about why does food taste differently than I remember? And now we're gonna talk about how to learn and develop your own palate. This is really, really important, and let me tell you why. Please do. If you don't understand what you like, how do you know what you don't like? And if you don't understand why you like something or why you don't like something, how can you express to somebody else your needs? It's just like learning, talking about food and thinking about food, it's just like learning how to speak, right? We say, you know, they talk about relationships, you know, and mm -hmm. marriage and how you have to communicate. And that's what we do right. in our relationship, right? We struggle as we're both very creative people with expressing our needs and our expectations because as creative people, you just assume that everybody knows what the heck you're talking about. But a lot of times we've been having a conversation with ourselves inside our head. For 20 minutes. For 20 minutes <laughs> and not with the other person. And then when you vocalize the ending of that 20 minute conversation, <laughs> you know what? I think we should do that. And then the other person stares at you like you're crazy. When, and then you get, well, what do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? I use very specific words. I think we, meaning you and I, should do that. That thing I was talking about. I don't know what it was, but that's the thing that I'm talking about. So it's actually super important to be able to do that, especially if you have, if you have one person in cancer treatment and one person that is the caregiver. Or even multiple people is the caregiver. Right. You have to be able to understand to communicate and understand your expectations of what tastes good and what tastes bad and what you like and what you don't like so that somebody can adequately prepare food for you. Let's use an example. Um, so everyone really likes though to make the broccoli, cheese, chicken, rice, and casserole things, right? It's like yes. you make rice, you make a cheese sauce, you make broccoli, you grill off some chicken, you slice it up, you mix it together, you bake it off. Oh my gosh, aren't those delicious? They are really Tasty. delicious. They're so good, I love them. A little extra Parmesan cheese, ooh, I'm in heaven, right? <laughs> well, what Jeez. if you are having trouble with nausea and the rice is good on mouth sores, the chicken is a good source of protein, rice and chicken together make a complete protein, then you have the broccoli for a little extra nutrition, but what if you're having trouble with pungency and your friend, your neighbor, your best friend, your sister, your daughter, your husband, whatever. Coworker. Coworker makes this broccoli cheese casserole and it smells like dog barf to you. Yes. Right? The, yes. It's that offensive and I have to drive home these really offensive ideas because 
that's what we're talking about here is when someone doesn't like something when they're going through chemo it's not oh patricia i don't particularly care for a broccoli cheese casserole you can't deal with it no it's ah oh, get this nasty thing out of here i'm gonna puke right? it's offensive it's offensive yes. on a fundamental level you know highly offensive highly offensive you know so that's what we're talking about here that's what we're really focusing in on this episode is so how do you determine what you like and what you don't like. Well, we talked about it in the last episode. You use a tasting journal. You sit down at that tasting journal, you practice, you practice, you practice, you eat, you smell, you taste. You eat, you smell, you taste. And keep record and of it. keep record of it. And you yes. write every single thing down. That's the trial and error. Because what are we relearning? We're relearning the memory and association. So remember, cooking for chemo is a system that helps you to overcome these side effects by understanding what side effects you're having and how to overcome them. And right. that's what you're trying to do here. So we start with trial and error. We keep the tasting journal, okay? Then we taste each flavor and smell individually to find out what you like and what you don't like. This smell game keeps creeping up it in does. all of our episodes. So we need to taste each individual ingredient. We need to know that we like them individually before we combine them together. Sometimes when you combine foods together, they create new smells, new layers of flavor, new pieces. For example, a bay leaf. You know, like most people are like, what do you do with a bay leaf? Well, what you do with a bay leaf is you put it in a stock and it adds an aromatic, soothing, savory quality to it. But if you suck on a bay leaf by itself, it doesn't have a lot of flavor. But if you expose it to liquid... It's like a dry, crunchy leaf you find outside. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> except it's got a little bit of a light, aromatic quality to it that cr increases perception of savory flavors, right? And we put it in soups because it's savory and delicious and fragrant and very everyone likes it. Well, some people don't like it, right? Mm -mm. So we have to taste each flavor and smell each ingredient individually to find what you like and what you don't like. Learning your palate really is about keeping a tasting journal and looking for the repeatable patterns, right? For example, I loved the Brussels sprouts in this, okay? So if you like Brussels sprouts, it'd be pretty easy to deduce that you probably also would like green cabbage and Napa cabbage. Why? Because they're all in that same kind of family. They all they're have the a similar family. smell, right? They all have got this, this very specific type of smell, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't like Brussels sprouts, it'd also be pretty easy to deduce that you probably don't like green cabbage and you probably don't like Napa. Even though Napa cabbage is a much sweeter, lighter cabbage smell, it's not as pungent, and Brussels sprouts can be really intense. Oh, yeah, man, they'll knock you down. It's like, <laughs> whoa, what are you making? Yeah, I mean, they smell they smell rough, but they taste amazing, right? It's they just, punch you in the face. They do. They're, it's like a <laughs> fist fight in a pan, you know? <laughs> you is. know? And so... You got to keep this log, right? This tasting journal, you know? So like, if you didn't like the smell of the white meat chicken, you're probably not going to like the smell of the dark meat chicken, right? So we should try a different ingredient, save ourselves some time. You can go through each specific type of ingredient, Brussels sprouts and cabbages and kales and all these different things and romaine lettuce and go through all these things and try to figure out what you like and what you don't like. But we can kind of use this idea of association to find out what we like or we don't like pretty quickly. You know, like if you like the taste of a glazed donut, odds are you're gonna like the taste of a chocolate glazed donut. Well, why? Because they're similar but different, you know? So we wanna keep this tasting journal 
and keep this log so we can kind of make deductions and try things and experiment. And when we first start, we want to try the basics. And once we understand the basic flavors, salty, savory, spicy, sour, and sweet, those five flavors, that tasting experiment, the broth demonstration, it's on the website. Just start reading, guys. Get to the broth experiment and then do it. It really, really helps and keep the tasting journal with you because if you keep your tasting journal with you, it'll allow you to keep track of salty, savory, spicy, sour, and sweet and allow you to taste them inside of a broth in their raw essence and let you know, I like my food a little extra salty and a little extra sweet, or I like it a little extra savory and a little spicy. And then you can cater your meals to these basic five flavors. And then we can start working through the smells. Right. And right. once we work through the smells, that's what we talk about. It builds your appetite from a distance. The taste is the reward. The mouth sores or the texture ah. is the punishment or the reward, right? I so, see what you're doing here. So you start with the five flavors because exactly. that's easy to understand. Easy to it's understand. just basic taste. And then mm -hmm. the smell is a little more complicated. So start yes. with the five flavors, figure Ex out there, and then move forward. Exactly. And this is a good strategy. And so this is how you learn and develop your own palate by tasting things. It's just like working out. You know, you don't work out with a 50 pound free weight. You don't just go pick up a 50 pound free weight and start doing arm crunches, you know? Like, <laughs> Especially when you're 10 or 100 pounds overweight, you exactly. know? Like, or, if slow, or if you're yeah. a 95 pound woman, you yes. know, you're not going to pick up a 50 pound free weight and just start doing arm curls. Yeah, bro, look at my muscles. I don't bolt. think that's how it works. You know, <laughs> you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> and the same thing is going to happen with food and flavor. It's like learning anything. You just dip your toes in real lightly, try it out. You know, and until you know what you like or what you don't like, stick to plainer flavored foods, just basic seasonings, a little salt, a little savory, a little spicy. When we say spicy, I don't mean throw habanero peppers in it. I mean, a little bit of black pepper goes a long way, you know, work with your vinegars, work with your sugars and find that balance in each dish. You can never go wrong with a basic, easy dish and avoid overly pungent smells in the beginning, right? So... Knowing your own preferences is important because it allows you to accurately adjust your cooking to your specific preferences. So let's go back to the broccoli cheese casserole. Right. If you love pungent flavors and pungent smells when Some you're in Some people do. They do. If yeah. you love it, great. Eat more broccoli. Broccoli is great for you, right? Cheese is delicious. You know, rice is delicious too, and so is chicken. And if you can get that down, that's all the more power to you. But if you're having trouble with pungency, you'll learn this through this process and you'll be able to identify, this made me nauseous, this made me nauseous. Well, what do they have in common? Was it pungent? Was it not pungent, right? Was it a really strong smell? Did truly spicy foods, as in, you know, spicy as in like coming from a habanero pepper, did they burn my mouth and agitate my mouth sores, you know? So... That's how you learn and develop your palate. It's just very simple. You sit down with a tasting journal, you start with the five flavors, and then you work out into smells. Basic, easy ingredients, onions, carrots, celery, white meat, chicken, tofu, if you are a vegetarian, right? Yeah. Cheese, basic, easy things. And when I say cheese, I mean like mild cheddar cheese. Don't run out and get a Roquefort or a Camembert <laughs> or a blue cheese or block. Brie. Yeah, or Telegio, which is another one of those fermented cheeses. Like, don't run out oh, and yeah, open super up stinky. A, a whole container of kimchi if you've never had it before and go and take a big whiff. You're going to be sick for days, you know? Like, just start slow and easy, you know? So it's simple. It just, you have to put in the work. Exactly. Little just, by little. Little by little. And it doesn't take that long. 
two weeks of doing this and you will know it forwards and backwards. I mean, you have to eat at least three times a day. So just a little bit every meal, just kind yes. of trying to figure it out. And then over the course of two weeks, wow, you've had how many meals a that lot. you've been able to try you know, adjust and figure exactly. things out? So you can do this very quickly. It so just 14 times three typically, or yes. 14 times five if you're eating a little snack. Small meals, yeah. You know, it's a lot of experience that you can gain in just two weeks. And so the last part of that is also being able to communicate to people because once you can keep track of it and explain to people what you like, then you can tell them how to help you out, right? People always want to bring cancer patients food. Why? Because cancer patients need to eat and it's the best and easiest way for someone to take a load off your plate, no pun intended. You know, they can literally take that, right. that load off of you. And so, but what you can do is you can tell that person, hey, I don't like broccoli. Please don't like broccoli. Please don't put broccoli in it. I'll eat the chicken. I'll eat the rice. I'll eat the cheese. I'll eat the sauce. Just omit the broccoli entirely if you're having trouble with broccoli. And then guess what? She's happy. You're happy. Everyone's happy. You know, everyone who made it is happy and cooked it. And, you know, pending that you make it easy to reheat and easy to store, life is good. All right. So let's move on to our audience email. Dear Chef Ryan, Ever since I went on my third round of chemo, all my food tastes spicy. I don't like it, and I don't know what to do. Please help. <laughs> so um, this is my favorite word, spicy. So people often use the word spicy when they don't mean it's burning my mouth. Spicy is a specific flavor. It's a specific effect. It is the act of heat being burning into your flesh, in your mouth. You like know. black pepper, cayenne right. it's pepper, the reaction red pepper, reaction from the habanero. capsicum or the pepperine. Yeah. And um, so people use this word spicy when they mean the cumin is spicy or the curry powder with no actual heating elements was spicy. Fragrant. What they mean is that it's pungent or yes. that it's too strong for them. You know, horseradish can be perceived as spicy, but it's not actually spicy. It's actually a radish flavor, right? Radish flavors are not spicy, but they could be perceived as spicy. So the first thing I would do is start with identifying what the flavors actually are. What is spicy? What does spicy feel like in your mouth in reality? That way you can identify, was this an actual spicy flavor of one of the five flavors, salty, savory, spicy, sour, sweet, or is this a nasal Thing. Is this something with your sense of smell? Is this an aromatic that you're picking up on? And I always use this example of this lady um, at a class in, one of my cooking for chemo classes in person. I always make chili at the end of my classes, not always, but most of the time people, when they have the opportunity to have a chef cook for them, they, they do. Take advantage they take of it, advantage yes. They take advantage of it. They're like, please cook us Please food. cook Delicious food for us. Food. Uh, we're, otherwise, <laughs> we're gonna have to go to McDonald's after this and we'd really rather eat a chef cooked meal. And I'm, you know, I, I can do fancy and I can do down home and I prefer to cook down home food. One of the things that I can cook really well is chili. People love my chili. It's regionally famous it's now. It's regionally famous And it's on the chili. website. It is, yes. And it is on the website while we were eating it. And she was like, I don't really like this. And I was like, okay, what don't you like about it? And she's like, it's too spicy. And, and there's no there's no spiciness in the chili because I make a very mild chili with no actual, you know, cayenne pepper in it, you know. I might put some black pepper in it because I know that some people don't like spicy food and you got to play to the audience, right? Right. So I made her eat it. I made her basically eat some crackers and pinch her nose and say, what, did you like this? And she was like, yes, I like that, okay? Then I made her eat the chili with her nose pinched and she loved it. She thought it tasted amazing. She loved the balance of the flavors, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not tooting my own horn here. I need to be very clear. 
And then when I asked her to let go of her nose, all of a sudden her nasal passages were filled and she could smell the aroma. Well, what we did was we went and sat down and I brought all of the ingredients over and I had her smell each individual ingredient. So everything you used in the chili, Every you made her smell. last ingredient in its raw form. So the onions, the green peppers, the chili beans, the, uh, the chili powder, the cumin, the garlic, the salt, so on and so forth, right? We went through right. everything and we smelled it. Well, we finally narrowed it down that it was the cumin. So she could easily make that recipe at home by omitting the cumin love the chili, love the smell of it, and she would gobble down bowls of it if she did. So now she's able to eat just by omitting one seasoning. Yes, one simple, easy to omit seasoning. Either made the dish or ruined the dish. Exactly, and this is where wow. we talk about developing your own palate and learning how to communicate what you like and what you don't like. A lot of times people say cumin is spicy, but cumin is not spicy. It's warm and it's a little bitter. Okay, and it creates a warming effect in your mouth and it's very pungent. And yes, so as a result- very stinky. <laughs> it, I'm not always, a fan. You always say it smells like stinky feet, right? It so does. You really need to identify what is the flavor, what do you like, what do you not like, and once you know that, then it's as simple as tweaking and working with the individual ingredients inside of a recipe. I love it. So that's all for this episode of the Cooking for Chemo podcast. Remember, you can get all of this information and more on our website, cookingforchemo.org, along with our Gourmand award-winning cookbook, Cooking for Chemo and After. I'm Jesse Callahan. And I'm Chef Ryan Callahan. Thanks for listening.